For over two decades, our charge at Calvary has been to build a church without walls. The church is not a building. It's not an address. It's the people. For 20 years, we've been building people, people who love Jesus, love each other, and love our neighbors locally and globally. And we've seen God at work, giving hope to kids in Myanmar, raising up leaders in Central PA, loving our neighbors, and and making a difference on campuses throughout our region. In the last 20 years, we've gone from impacting one city to four. We've helped to launch three different churches. And along the way, we've given millions of dollars to serve those in the margins of life here and around the world. So what's next? What's next is our 2030 vision. In 2017, we began a process of discovering God's vision for our next chapter, and we began to dream. We began to dream of a great movement of prayer that would see every person in our region regularly prayed for by name. We began to dream of restoring marriages, nurturing families, and seeing 1,000 children and students make a decision to follow Jesus. We began to dream of sending thousands of front yard missionaries to be Jesus on every campus, every workplace, and every neighborhood in Central PA. We began to dream of being a catalyst for revival at Penn State and every school in our region. Ultimately, those dreams led to our 2030 vision. It is our vision to be part of a movement, to see the number of Jesus apprentices in Central PA double by 2030. In the process, catalyzing an epic release of leaders. So what's next? What's next is a step of faith into a journey of uncertainty, where nothing will be more important than the gracious hand of God upon us, blessing us so we can bless others. What's next? What's next is the Christ call to be the church, an opportunity to experience the soul-stretching joy of being part of a team engaged in a mission to give living proof of a loving God to the 340,000 people in Central PA with no church connection, especially in the next generation. What's next? What's next is an opportunity to be a pioneering church, seeking to innovate the shape of the next church of Christ's future, a church that will reach the generations to come. How will we get to what's next? Together. For the next seven years, we'll pray like never before. Together. For the next seven years, we'll love the next generation like never before. And whatever is next, we'll get there by his hand together. So what's the next step? In our next initiative, we have three goals. Number one is we will prioritize the next generation. We will passionately pursue the good of the next generation, helping them love Jesus and lead the church into all God has for us in the decades to come. Number two, we will bless every neighbor in our communities. We will pray like crazy and grow in generosity. We will step in faith and live in God's overflow. We will share Jesus with our hashtag. Number three, we will prepare in faith for the fulfillment of the 2030 vision. We will begin to pay off debt, design structures, gather resources, and start gatherings that will prepare us for revival and for a doubling of Christ's followers in Central PA. Over 65 years ago, 18 people gathered for Calvary's very first worship service in a dance hall called Woodman Hall. Four years later, 15 people signed on as charter members. Not a huge start. And it wasn't easy. But over the course of the years, God has blessed. And in 2018, God led us to our 2030 vision. And we were on a roll. Eight worship services in five different locations. We had 2,400 people at our Christmas Eve services in 2019. And then COVID hit. 
And if you look at the numbers, it seems like we're further from our vision now than when we started. But over and over again the last few years, I've had this simple sense of the whisper of God saying, Dan, don't settle. Ask me for more. And I'm asking you to do that with me. Ask him for more. That's what's next. Hey, welcome to Seawall Sunday, Seawall Weekend, Church Without Walls. It's been a while since Lynn and I have uh, been here to chat with you on Seawall Sunday, and uh, we just felt like it would be a, a good opportunity to talk a, a little bit about the next initiative. And so we're going to make our way through um, some history. We've been here a long time, some generosity stories some vision, and some next steps. So hopefully any questions that you have over the next initiative and the booklet and all the stuff that we've been talking about, um, maybe we'll get it answered in the course of... <laughs> Probably not all of it. Maybe some of it. <laughs> so let's start with history. You know, Lynn and I have been here, you and I have been here for almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. It'll be 30 years in May, getting Sounds closer good. every weekend. And We've been married almost 40 years, so 30 and 40. Um, 70 years of goodness. 70 years <laughs> total. That's probably shouldn't add them up. But. So, so I'm, I'm just curious. I haven't asked you this question already, but what are, what are some of your best moments over the course of the last 30 years? Wow. Defining moments, best moments, stuff that's happened at Calvary that has excited you. Well, I think, I mean, one of the huge defining moments was moving out to, to Harvest Fields, to building yeah. the church. Like that was. That's not even that long ago. It wasn't, but it was in the works for a long time. Yeah, it was a dream right. for such a long time. And we prayer walked the land. I mean, Josh was little when yeah. we first started prayer walking the land and, and praying through and dreaming about what it could be. And I think if we'd known at the beginning of the journey how hard the journey would be, we. Yeah maybe would have backed off a little bit, but God didn't want that. And so that's part of God kind of unwinding bit by bit the story. Yeah. So, I mean, that was huge and very emotional. I think the first time that we were, we met in that church and, and still, you know, what's coming for, what's coming ahead that, that excites me. So that's part of it. I've loved through all the years, the draw of college students. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of, Waxed and waned, is that right? Waxed and waned. More waxed, More, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, as we see that kind of growing yeah. again, that really excites me. Um, I've I remember, been, just to kind of hit on that a little bit, I, I remember when, I mean, back in uh, 1250 University Drive, first yep. facility we ever had, not, not huge. I mean, we could probably fit maybe 300, 350 in the auditorium. Yep. And uh, in the course of those first few years, 94 to like 99, 2000, we, we like tripled in size, doubled, yeah. tripled in size. And, and a huge percentage of that was college students. You'd come and college students would be sitting in the aisles, on the floor, um, yeah. and in the lobby. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that one of the things that I'm so thankful for, for Calvary, as I look over the years is um, all of our kids yeah. have 
loved Calvary. They have all stayed um, connected to church as adults. They still love Jesus. They love us. Like family is very important. And after all the stories that you hear talking to other pastors and wives about some of the um, impact on negative impact that yeah. church being a pastor's kid can have. We're, I'm so thankful. God has been so good, and Calvary has been so good and loved our kids really well. And I've loved, you know, every step of the way from Josh was a newborn here. So our kids have been in Calvary Kids, Calvary Sunday, not Sunday, it used to be Sunday school when they were younger, yeah. um, youth group, the, the whole. Sarah was a college student and came to yeah. Calvary. So I am very grateful and have um, so much gratitude in my heart for the way Calvary has loved our family well and loved yeah, our what children. Yeah, what well. I say is that our kids love Jesus and they don't hate the church. And that's that's been a, a huge blessing to us yeah, as we've moved really on. And, and even as we talk about, about generosity, our, our kids have, have kind of developed the value of generosity. I'm, I'm really... But I use the word proud, proud of our kids for how generous they've become. I remember when we were parenting, I don't remember who it was that we we uh, were listening to, but somebody was talking about parenting and they said, don't try to pass on all your values to your kids. Mm-hmm. You're going to think that all your values, they need to hear all your values, all that kind of stuff. But but pick two or three or four, you know, whatever. And and generosity was one of them that, that you and I talked about. We wanted our kids to learn the value of generosity. That's always been important to us. And so that, that's been kind of cool, too. They've gone through church, yep. and, and they've, they've grown um, in generosity in the process, too. Generosity and taking good vacations, too. Generosity and <laughs> taking good vacations. we've passed yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, uh, we've done that one well. Anything else over the course of, of 30 years that has been a highlight kind of moment? I think, uh, just briefly, yeah. like when we first came, Cal- we came from a smaller church where I felt like I had to keep just plugging in whatever holes there were. And, and we, when we first came, Calvary, leadership said, for, for me, just wait and kind of see where your passions yeah. go and, and then plug in there. And that was really freeing for me to, to kind of be able to step back and see what I wanted to do, what I enjoyed doing. That changed over seasons. Um, but I've never felt like pigeonholed because I'm the pastor's wife. Here's what I need to be doing, and yeah. that's been really good for my growth. And I think one of the studies, and and uh, a number of you um, listening have gone through this, but one of the studies that have been so instrumental and impactful here at Calvary was the Experiencing God yes. study by Henry Blackaby. And if you saw my Facebook post, you know that this last week he he went to be with Jesus. But yeah. um, I, I'll never forget one of the it's not the only one, but one of the principles that sticks with me is the whole look for where God is at work yep. and then join him in, in what he's doing. And and I think that was part of it. Even yes. even then, we, we were developing that culture that says, we we believe that God is shaping you for a purpose. And, and if you plug into the places where he's shaping you for, um, that's better for Calvary. It's better yep. for you. That's yep. been a big part of it. So. That was a fun. I mean, we did that church-wise numerous Three times. Three times, but yeah. yeah. I think had a lot of impact personally and then as the body, I think, yeah. doing that. A lot of good, lot of good history, a lot of good ministry over the course of years. Not not just kind of here in State College, but as we've grown um, to the other sites and even online, um, the other gatherings, uh, we, we have been blessed to be able to be part of 
the Calvary family in central PA. Um, so obviously, over the course of the last few months, I mean, both with the with the overflow booklet and and now the next initiative, we've been talking a ton about generosity. So, um, what have you learned, and how have you grown over those thirty years yeah. in generosity? Um, well, I've learned a lot, and I've grown a lot, and most of it's been because you've pushed me. <laughs> but I don't know if that's true. Not in a bad way. <laughs> Sometimes in a bad way. (laughs) Sometimes in a bad way, yes. (laughs) You've always had that um, deeply generous heart, Mm. and and that's at times been been hard. And but mostly, it has pushed me to go deeper in generosity. And I, I don't even know how long ago it was. Quite a number of years ago, our kids were older, but probably not all out of the house. And I can remember. You know, you'd go through the bills and are we going to have enough money to pay the, you know, the years of kind of juggling and yet being generous at the same time. And I can remember, I think in my mind from when I was little, like what, what I learned or what I thought was when you're generous with God, when you give money, he gives you money back. Yeah, <laughs> like so, yeah. so if I stretch myself and give this money, he's going to surely return it. And like, I wasn't seeing that yeah. kind of, and I was questioning God of, you know, we've we gave for this capital campaign and and now we're scrambling and we don't have the money and and I remember so clearly God just stopped me and and spoke to my heart and said look at your kids mm. and every one of them is following Jesus and they um you know love the church and the family is connected and close and I realized that there's no other ble- there's no financial blessing there's no other blessing greater than that and mm. and and so it that was probably a first step and really a pivot of okay it's not about I'm going to give and I'm going to get back sometimes we do yeah but it's so much more than that and I would choose my children and God blessing my children and over getting money yeah in a heartbeat and and, and if it's not children uh, so many different ways like so we talked many, about yeah. yesterday the overflow blessing so many different yeah. ways that God God blesses us. Yeah, I think I maybe used to look at it more transactional. Like if yeah. I give this much, God's going to give this much. And and instead it's more the way he's shaping my heart and, and looking for the different ways. He's He's not like pigeonholed into, well, if she yeah. gives money, I have to give her money back. But just this beauty of growing deeper, like with any of the disciplines, when I'm practicing prayer and in scripture and generosity, fasting, there's something God is shaping and doing in my heart yeah. that that he uses those different yeah. disciplines to do. And, and in reality, I, I would say um, you have always been generous, but your generosity is more with your heart and, and, uh, and who you are in mm-hmm. giving yourself to other people, where you struggled some, and where God gave me, you know, more whatever grace or, or whatever, um, was in the financial generosity. Yes, and, yeah. and so, you know, I, I think we we mm-hmm. both have grown in generosity in both of those areas. But I, I I think that you know when it comes to generosity, it is like you say, it's it's more than just money. It's it's time. It's everything that we do with it. But it also is money. Yeah. And I think as we've grown more generous with our money, more trusting of God with our money. We've we've grown in 
all sorts of, of generosity yes. ways. I, I remember when, when we sold our home. In fact, that was during the time of the last capital campaign. Part of the pledge that we made was to give from the equity mm-hmm. in our house because we were selling our house. And, and then we moved into a place before the cabin out here. We moved into a place. And I, I remember we were there, I don't remember, a couple years, year and a half, whatever it was, <laughs> on, on Rock Road. And, uh, and I just remember over a period of time, because we did not get nearly as much equity from our home as I was hoping for, and I had made some stock investments that were not, were, never were not, were stock. never blessed by God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to take stock advice from me. Every every company that I've invested in, you would either know from a bad way or you've never heard of before oh. in your life. But anyway, I, I had a period of time where I was just so worried about retirement, and and I just remember, you know, kind of like that moment that you had. I remember God saying, "So you you feel like Dan." I can only take care of you if you got a job. And yeah. and I, I just, that, that was kind of a point for me of saying, okay, I need to let this go. And so there's always this moving of, of yeah. generosity. And yeah. so, so what is it? So we're, you know, this next initiative and 2030 vision and looking forward, our last chapter of ministry, hopefully, you know, a it's longish a long chapter. chapter, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what excites you about the future? I think what excites me the most, there's parts of each part of the initiative that mm. excite me, but the whole next generation. Yeah. Um, Prioritizing emphasis, the next yeah, generation. I, that's, what, um, that's what grabs my heart. That's what motivates me. That's what, um, what I feel most nudged by God mm. to be generous with. If I can take now something that we have and, and, you know, put it forward into the next generation to reach yeah. the next generation. Then, you know, if if you have to work five more years, so yeah. be it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's necessary. But I, I do get very, yeah. I, I, I feel a burden for, a love for, I, I love working with the next generation. Always have, even when 30 years ago, yeah. so drawn to college kids and college ministry. And, you know, I still am. And so I, I want... What a privilege for yeah. for God to be able to take you know whatever we can give, and multiply it in whatever ways only God can do in the next yeah. generation. That really gets me excited. Yeah, and and I, I think all of those. So we've set out three goals that get us towards give us traction towards mm-hmm. our, our twenty thirty vision. One is prioritizing the next generation. One is blessing every home in our community, and then one is just preparing in faith for the fulfillment of the 2030 vision, believing that God is really going to do something. And so what steps do we need to take in faith in order to be ready for that when it comes? But I I agree with you. Prioritizing the next generation is, is a huge, huge part of that. And, and it's always been a huge part of it for us at Calvary at every one of our gatherings here in, in center County and, and all over the place in central PA, that that desire to reach the next generation, and and probably even more so now for you and I, as we look forward to you know kind of what's our legacy? What does yeah. it look like for us to pass it on, um, pass it on to others? And and so I just I really feel like it's vitally important for us right now to move forward in in those areas. I you know while Calvary has been a part of a really good God story over the course of thirty years, not not perfect and not without hard days. You know, we've, we've walked through stuff just like a, a lot of yeah. churches have. Um, 
the reality is it's still been a really fun story, great story to be a part of. But but the church in America has been in decline for decades. We've talked about that before. Um, according to the book, The Great Dechurching, 40 million people quit going to church in the last 25 years. I mean, it's one of the most significant declines, the most significant decline that America has ever experienced. And in that book, it says that more people have left the church in the last quarter century than were added during the first great awakening, the second great awakening, and every one of Billy Graham's crusades. And and then you think about back over these last few years, and, you know, I we, we did not... Um, perform well, you know, during COVID. We, we we're so easily distracted and divided and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and coming out of that in the last couple of years, 40% of the pastors, um, have felt burnout, have considered quitting. Um, I was just reading a, a, an article about, you know, the respect level, um, for pastors and it, it's been steadily, steadily declining. I, I think, um, the only thing that I'm at above, Calvary or no, yes. not a Calvary. Hopefully, <laughs> okay. not a Calvary. Nationwide, one of the few things that I'm above is politicians. Now, you know, thankfully, um, nurses are near the top. So, Lynn, you you, you have a, a significant amount of res- <laughs> more respect than than I do. But you know, the church the church has not has not done well. This is a a fascinating time in in history in the history of the church in America. There was a, a study, the Pine Tops Foundation, that said, you know, if something different doesn't change in, in the next, um, I think it, they were looking at thirty years. In the next thirty years, a million young Christians who were connected to the church, a million will leave every year. Thirty million who were at at one point connected to the church, and it just gives us that great sense of, man, we need to do everything we can to see the next generation um, figure out who Jesus is. And and one of the things I've been saying with, with some of the meetings that we've had is, is that not only is there a sense of urgency, like we got to do something, I also have this sense of expectancy that now is a great time to do something. Um, that the Barna study, when you talk about reaching the next generation, there's a huge Barna study and, and coming out of that study, they described the next generation, Gen Z, the 12 to 27-year-olds, as the open generation. So they're more open to Jesus, they're saying, than any generation ever, more open spiritually, not open to the church. We need to figure out how to do church better, but but more open to Jesus than, than ever before. And so I, I think it's it's an awesome time to be at a place at Calvary. You know what? A, a lot of people going to church don't have the opportunity to do this, but we have the opportunity to do something really, really significant with God's help, with God's gracious hand upon us. And and so in, in the midst of that, our primary goal is 100% engagement. You know, this last week we did the commitment cards, the share cards, and it was so cool to see people come up and Tons of college students at, at our, our services at Harvest Fields came forward with a, I'm going to share this with someone, you know, over the course of the coming months. And at some point, we'll, we'll talk about a financial commitment to the next initiative. Um, and, and our, our hope is that we see a hundred percent engagement, whether you have a hundred dollars extra to give above and beyond, or maybe it's the very first time that you will have given. Either way, um, that's that's part of what really is exciting us is to yeah. see 
everybody involved in that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a step of faith and yeah. trust. And, you know, I think for me, it was kind of getting out of the mentality um, that I... I think my as as I looked back over my hesitancy sometimes mm. with you know you give this amount I'm like how in the world can we do that I don't trust that God has the um, same level of standard um, of living standard of <laughs> standard of living is what I would like that whole that comfort right. thing is so huge in yeah. in our culture and you know I think in in the church I don't want to be uncomfortable and so surely god's not going to call me to make a sacrifice yeah so i i might i may need to like okay we'll give this much because i think i can do that without suffering and i've been convicted of that i need to trust god's goodness and sometimes that involves sacrifice and that's not a bad that's not a bad thing that's when my heart grows and stretches yeah so has god given you a number yet no (laughs) We have been talking uh, quite a bit about praying about what God would lead us to do, and uh, we don't have a number yet, but we're going to get I one. I think you secretly it is, have one. That no, you're just I don't. Not I don't. Me. I don't have a number. Usually, if we, I'm ask, waiting for Lynn to give me a number. I keep asking her, and she says then no. He always upset. Like, no, that's oh, not true. That's all you said. <laughs> that's not true. Um, but we are. We have talked about this. this is something that we do want to sacrifice for. This yeah. is something that we want to. You know, kind of go beyond, be stretched beyond what we think will be comfortable. And and we're kind of, I don't know, I think excited about it, I, excited yes, of what God will do I with am. it and, and excited about seeing God, even even at our age, seeing God do something substantial with, yeah. with what we have to give. So, so just real quickly, I just want to kind of set in your mind some of the details. On the third weekend in March... That is when we will collect financial commitment cards for the next initiative. What are those things going to be used for? In your books, in these books that you got, held yours up, Lynn, in these books that you got, um, every, each book is a little bit different for each gathering because we've made a commitment that all the dollars given, all the dollars given in a community will go to bless that community. Mm-hmm. So at Harvest Fields, it's a little bit different than it is at Tyrone, than it is at Lewistown, than it is in Pine, in uh, Penns Valley. And so um, that's where the money is going. The, but the money is going to these three goals to help us prioritize the next generation, to help us bless every home in our community, and to help us prepare in faith um, for the fulfillment of the 2030 vision. So those... Uh, financial commitment cards, very similar to what is in your book. They will go out in the mail the first week or so of March, and we'll ask for those commitment cards to be turned in on the third weekend of March. So we we have a, a few more weekends. This this weekend, obviously, is Seawall Sunday, but then uh, uh, three more weekends of preaching. A lot of you will be gone for spring break. Those of you who have, have spring break for at least one or more of those weekends. And then the third weekend will be the weekend before Palm Sunday. And so it's all kind of coming together in the, in the month of March. And, and really, um, we, we've been so encouraged, so encouraged already by people talking to us about commitments that they want to make and so encouraged already by just the openness and the sense of expectancy on people's hearts about what God is going to do. And, uh, and, and really, I have, and, and I know Lynn does too, we have both of those kind of um, in play in our lives, a sense of urgency, like we got to do something, and a sense of expectancy. 
God's going to do something. And, and those two things come together in, in a really powerful way. So we are encouraging you to join us um, and also encouraging you to pray. Prayerfully consider what your part might be in this next initiative. It's not just giving money. It's giving your time. It's sharing Jesus. That's one of the most important. How do we see the number of Christ followers in Central PA double by 2030? It's by every one of us saying, I'm going to share Jesus with one of my neighbors. So, Lynn, maybe you could just uh, close us in prayer. Pray for everybody listening that God will lead us in this um, endeavor and we'll see what God does. Father, thank you that um, you love us. You you see your church. Mm-hmm. You see the lost. You see the the um, places where the the church is to step into the lives of the lost. And God, we want to be obedient to that. Yes, Lord. I thank you that um, when we have urgency um, and expectancy, there's just this great looking forward with delight to what you're going to do. Yeah. Urgency yeah. without expectancy just makes us anxious. But, mm. but Lord, we believe that you're calling us to this and that you're going to do something more than what we could ask for, more than what we could even imagine or dream of. Yeah. And we trust that to you. Father, I pray for the heart of everyone listening and watching. I pray that your spirit would um, just reveal your goodness and your trustworthiness to each one of us, the places where there's fear or uncertainty. God, I just pray that we would rest in in your goodness. We yeah, would rest yeah. in um, you have already prepared the way for us. We're just called to, to step by step go into obedience. And, yeah. and I pray that you would open our eyes to the many ways that you bless us, mm-hmm. not just financially, but the many ways that you bless us. And, and I thank you that... Um, your word says where where our treasure is, treasure is that's where our hearts will be. And yeah. God, we just want you to always be our treasure. Um, so thank you for your presence. I pray your blessing, and um, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me encourage you. Uh, the The scripture that came to mind as Lynn was praying is Ephesians three fourteen through twenty one. My favorite prayer in all of Scripture, and it closes with this this statement: Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask for or even imagine. To him be glory in the church through Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. And uh, read that prayer um, as you consider what God might want to do through you in the years to come. Thanks for joining us.